DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Frank Dolce joins us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Frank, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Hope you had a great weekend. Well, you had a pressure-free bye weekend. You just sit back, watch football, relax, maybe rewind <laughs> that tape. Pressure-free? Yeah. Frank's under pressure? Yeah, yeah Frank's under pressure. <laughs> he's going to be so? under pressure against UCLA and well, Arizona. He's going to be sweating f- every snap. <laughs> oh, he's a fan. Yeah. Fans aren't under pressure. Yeah, I needed that. I needed that. That bye week came at the right time for me. <laughs> I, could I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Were you surprised by anything that happened in the Pac-12 this weekend? No. Washington kind of had a they, – they looked like they were in a hangover mode against Oregon State. That was kind of a funny funny win over Oregon State. I was a little surprised. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't too surprised with Colorado and Stanford. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but Stanford's reeling. You know, there's a whole uh, list. Yeah. There's a whole list of uh, bad Friday night road performances by Pac-12 teams. I don't want to think that the road and one less day of preparation makes a difference. But the more you see the scores, the more you think, "Oh, that's a bunch of crap." <laughs> I knew you'd say that. But there's still there's still a long list of scores over multiple years with multiple score teams because they're not as good. ASU went and beat Cal, I and mean, I don't I don't want to hear that. Those are excuses. Take the week off yeah. then and Washington, get ready for the next week if you're not going to win it. Go ahead. Washington State's kind of fallen off. Yeah, the, they've the been the most disappointing team, and Oregon State, I think, has been the the best uh, surprise. Other than that, it's outside yeah. of Oregon and uh, Utah. It's a bunch of average football, a bunch of five and four, four and five, six and four teams. It's really it's just mediocre football all through. Except for two teams, and then you got a couple of teams at the bottom, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I think uh, you know we were talking early this season. We were talking about the, all the parity in the Pac-12, and now I, I think the Pac-12 is wishing they had more parity because it is a pretty top-heavy, top-heavy league. And I don't know. I think that that's why when you see the rankings come out, you know Utah and Oregon didn't make significant moves, both on a bye week, but. I just think it's going to be really tough for those for those two teams to get in because of that. The, the Pac-12 is viewed nationally as you know kind of a down down league. It's not parity. It's like you said. It's a couple good teams and everybody else. And that just doesn't. I just think that doesn't fly nationally. Even even stacked up against conferences like the ACC, which is probably similar as similar as any to the Pac-12. Yeah, but the Utes have a chance to go 13-1. and one. Who cares yeah. whether they're invited to some tournament that inherently has a bias or not? I, I just, <laughs> I don't, it doesn't bother me whatsoever. Go to the Rose Bowl at 12-1, and one, beat that team, whoever they send out there. Well, probably anybody but Ohio State, you know, Minnesota, right. Penn State, whatever, whomever it might be, and beat them. And you're 13 and one, and you'll have a season for the ages. Whether they get invited to some tournament or not, it's it's by invitation only. So what? I might have to change my perspective on that whole thing. You may have convinced me with that passionate argument you just made. I don't think it detracts think from it, Utah's season whatsoever, and it's I better that make up T-shirts. Who cares? Let's so make what? Up t-shirts, you and me. 
We'll make up T-shirts, red and white, and they just say, so what? Big question mark. <laughs> and so then what? this way here, if you don't go, you'll always have the question, ah, oh, well, we could have beat them. And then if you go and get worked by LSU, there's no question anymore. <laughs> so have it. Yes. It's, it's like I personally like a one-piece versus a two-piece because then this way it's up to my imagination to fill in the blanks. And who knows what I can come up with, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it is it is kind of nice to have that in your in your back pocket. So Utah what, what was it the 2004 season the uh, you know the BCS buster and Utah plays Pittsburgh and and then now everybody said, "Oh, well, if Utah would have had a shot at the, you know, they had to play Pittsburgh and then they beat them and they undefeated." But you still have that kind of in your back pocket if Utah would have, you know, that's kind of a nice little thing. Yeah, so, and the same thing. I'm going to roll along with you. I'm not going to bang my head against the wall about the playoffs. I, it's not going to happen. Right. If it was going to happen, it would have been this weekend because all the you know the teams lost. Two of the top four teams lost. And Bama's not going to fall out of the top four even though they lost at home. Make every excuse yeah. for Bama and then just say eyeball test. I can tell by looking. Even though you can't tell by looking, pick games straight up. You won't get more than 70% of them right because you can't tell by looking. Yeah. But, Frankie, there are Ute fans driving right now who are thinking and probably screaming at the radio and at the three of us, (laughs) I've already got woulda, coulda, shoulda from 2004 and 2008. Those teams, teams, if they could have had a shot at somebody else, right? Utah could have beaten Florida. They'd beaten Alabama. They could have beaten Urban in Florida. Well, then BSC, and then there'd be no question. This year, give me LSU. I want a shot. Then beat SC and you would have had a shot. Yeah, they don't didn't beat SC. So. Well, then it's on them. Yeah, LSU, LSU would be a wow. That would be quite a matchup. That's a good football team. Uh, Alabama may have been exposed on the defensive side a little bit, but LSU's pretty darn pretty darn good. I'm I'm cur- I mean I, I just out of curiosity, just for the curiosity, I would I would like to see Utah matched up against one of those one of those teams. Because it it's so you can't even feel like, well, if all those teams are in the top four, then what you know we must be missing something, and we're just little we're poor little Utah out here, and you know we're playing in the Pac-12, and and it's not it's not a great conference because there's only a couple good teams, but man, Alabama and the history and LSU is amazing, and I, I I would just like to see that matchup just to see how it all works out. Uh, I, I think it would be competitive, but we do get this, you know, you do get this sense of, well, Alabama puts how many, you know, 10 or 12 people in the NFL, it feels like every year, and LSU does the same. And and so I wonder if there is this significant talent discrepancy that is made up in the in the media, um, or if it's or if it's closer than than, than people think. And a Utah-Alabama or a Utah-LSU matchup would be really competitive. I think Ohio State is the, is the, is the team to beat right now. Um, but, but I think Utah could be competitive against anyone in the top four. Sure. And, and that's the great thing about it is the Ute fans hold on to that. And so yeah. you'll always be able to hold on to that if you don't go. I mean, the, the reality is you knew – 
when the season started because of the Pac-12's rep and you played no Power 5 teams, you knew you were going to have to go undefeated. So now that you yeah. don't go undefeated, you start whining and complaining about not getting a shot. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, that that the schedule up front didn't help, and it certainly didn't help prepare the team for USC. Um, but whatever. I, I think you're right. You know what? Let's let's see if this team can finish. Let's see if this team can get through the rest of the season. They have a couple games left they should win with you know UCLA and, and Colorado, Arizona. Um, th- those are all very winnable games. And get yourselves into that Pac-12 championship game and, and find yourself in the Rose Bowl. I mean, that's all you can do at this point. Now that's pretty and, doggone and good. Maybe just, let's just – right. And let's enjoy that kind of run if they can, right. if they can go through that. Because yeah. that's a pretty darn good football team. That's a team that you'd put up – I still think the 2004 team is my favorite team. I, I think that team was kind of – I, I don't know. It was kind of a maybe it's because it was the first time and whatever. But but I put that team up at, at the top of Utah teams 2004, and then and then you look at 2008, and then maybe you look at the you know the the 93 four team Mike McCoy, and they beat Arizona and in that bowl game, and that was a pretty darn good football team. But if this one went if this one went 13 and one. In the Rose Bowl, win that Rose, win a Rose Bowl game. Would that put this team at the top of the list? Well, they'd have two top ten wins, which is uh, because you assume right Oregon six, and then they'd probably get Minnesota, or Penn State, who are seven and nine right now. So they have two top ten oh, wins, I... which isn't that one more than the other two teams put together? Because I don't think the O four team got a shot at anybody like that. Obviously, in 08, they got yeah. Alabama. Yeah, I would love to see. I, I mean, nothing against Minnesota, um, but but just for the like the you know the kind of the history, recent history of college football, I guess Minnesota doesn't sound quite like that's the eye test you were talking about. It doesn't sound as good as beating Penn State for some reason. I'd love to see Utah matched up against Penn State in a Rose Bowl game. Well, the good thing is that uh, on the other side, Minnesota saying, "Well, I hope we get Oregon because mm-hmm. playing Utah just, just doesn't sound as good." good. <laughs> <laughs> I know, isn't that the truth? For some reason, even in the conference, people are think think you know Oregon sits right at the top. I don't know, may, maybe they they have something differently. I, Utah's a pretty darn tough out right now. I mean, I, I don't think Oregon wants to play Utah. In, Ooh, in think the they're going to forfeit. Utah plays that physical football game. I think they might. <laughs> I think they might. They were standing in the that. tunnel, standing in the tunnel before the game. Do you want to do yeah. this? Not really. The ducks, <laughs> the ducks are flying south. They're not even going to take it. They're not even going to take that on. I don't know. Here are the Oregon Ducks. And they just turn around and run back into the locker room. (laughs) I really don't want to. Hey, I don't know what's going to happen in that game, but I am assured there's going to be a referee screw-up or two. That's about it. That's all I can tell you in the Pac-12 final. How sad is it that my my lasting memory – I've been able to call a bunch of good Utah-Oregon games – um, there was one game, well, I mean, good, exciting. There was one game when Oregon threw the ball for about 500 yards to tight ends one year up in up in uh, Oregon. It was, I, I don't even know what happened in that game. There was that game a few years ago when Utah went in and kind of unexpectedly just ran all over Oregon. 
in that in that football game. But the lasting memory of Oregon is so sad that it's that it's poor Kalen Clay dropping the ball at the one yard line, and and that completely turned the game around. Yes, that's we my lasting well. memory of Utah and Oregon. Well, they'll get another opportunity to have that, this memory here this week. What's your level of confidence that the Utes go three and zero the rest of the regular season? For, because for me, it's about eighty-five to ninety percent. I feel the same way. I don't think there's a team in front of Utah that that uh, if they play their best football and Utah plays its best football, that that Utah comes out on the wrong side. I think the only way Utah comes out on the wrong side of any of these games is, is if Utah stumbles. You know, they get sloppy, a bunch of turnovers or penalties, mistakes, dumb mistakes, stuff like that. Outside of that, I think Utah should go through the next three. Uh, as, as I look at USC's schedule, I mean, USC's looking at this and hoping that Utah takes a loss. I don't think it's very likely. USC has a tough one, this. I think, this weekend. I think Cal could give USC some trouble. We'll see how that one goes. But but for Utah, this this three-game stretch seems very winnable. Utes are 20-point uh, favorites over UCLA. Uh, you think Khalil Tate's the biggest wild card if there's going to be something that goes wrong in the next three weeks is because he just throws for 300 and runs for 200 and puts on the Super Bowl yeah. cape? Yeah, we've seen Utah teams struggle with the with the game plan like that in the past. It was Arizona State a year ago when they had Eno Benjamin and and Manny Wilkins at quarterback, uh, and that's similar to to what Arizona brings to the table on the offensive side. Although, uh, I I don't know. I don't. I just don't feel like there's the same that Arizona has that same kind of confidence level that they're going to go in and and beat this Utah team. So I would and, – and the way that Utah is playing on the defensive side, uh, Bradley and I and, and the crew, I think uh, it, it's going to be very difficult. Even as talented as Khalil Tate is, it would be very difficult for him to get on track. So I, I guess in the next three, the, 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 uh, the order that I would put it is Arizona is the most dangerous um, – and then I would say UCLA is the second most dangerous, and they're what a, they're on a three-game win streak right now. And then I would put uh, I would put Colorado as the last most dangerous on the in the final three stretch. All right, Frank, get ready. Three games to go. The countdown is on. We will talk to you again next week after Utah and hey. UCLA. Yeah. Hey. Uh, PK, are you going to be up at the at the coaches thing today? Yeah. I'll give you I'll give you ten bucks if you ask uh, Coach Whittingham a question about Arizona and preparation for Arizona. About Arizona? <laughs> run into, yeah, run into the buzzsaw. You just want just you just want to see him get slapped down. Followed by, it? do you <laughs> wish to hope on your career coaching at BYU? <laughs> 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 yeah. Yes. Just throw that out there. Hey, Coach, the Wildcats look like the most dangerous team on the rest of your schedule. Can you tell us what you're <laughs> Okay, easy. First question. <laughs> Good luck. All right.
All right, guys. Great to talk to you. Thanks for having me on. Frank Dolce, Utah Insider Analyst for the Zone Sports Network. You'll hear him all week here on all the shows.